Lord God, we thank you so much for the blessing being your children, being able to testify that you are a good, good father. Lord, we thank you that you saw fit to allow our lives to continue just a little while longer so that we might gather together in worship. Thank you, God, for giving us life, health, and strength. Thank you, God, for your son, Jesus, whose life gives us life. God, we thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I ask right now that you would search the hearts and minds of all your children in this room. I'd see what we stand in need of. Be God as only you can be. God, whatever distractions or pains or sorrows we brought into this room, allow us to lay them at the foot of the cross today. May we find healing. May we find forgiveness. May we find peace. May we find joy. May we find just everything that we need, God. We believe it's found in you. God, as we open up your word together today, pray that it would be life and it would be light for us. In Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Good morning, Sanctuary. Uh, my name is Edrin, senior pastor here at the Sanctuary. Um, if I have not had, to, had the opportunity to get to meet you, um, I want to welcome you to the Sanctuary. Thank you so much for being here. There are a number of incredible churches across the Twin Cities um, and a number of other things that people do with their Sunday mornings. And so I don't take it for granted um, that you're here with us. I want to thank you for being with us this morning. Um, and as we continue in worship, can you just put your hands together and help me thank God for our worship team and our band for how they lead us in worship every week. They are such an important part of our ministry here at Sanctuary, and, and I'm, I'm honored to be able to uh, walk on stage after Tamia has set it on fire as she does every single week. Um, this morning, we, we get to continue um, in, in not a series, but continue a tradition that I've had the opportunity to take part of the last few years. Um, it's, it's something that I, I actually enjoy. During the month of Jan January, over the last few years, I've had the opportunity to uh, stand before the congregation and to paint a picture of the founding of this wonderful church we call the Sanctuary Covenant Church. Um, while we talk about our mission, our vision, and our history all throughout the year and at many different spaces within the life of our church, um, this is one of my favorite places to do it here in the month of January. As we're uh, considering where we're headed in the year, I, I always think it's important for us to remember who Sanctuary uh, was, was birthed to be and, and how that has continued over the course of what will soon be our 17 years of ministry. I begin today with a bit of a confession also, um, that I am a history geek. I, I absolutely love history. 
I'm, I'm one of those people who loves history so much that I'm willing to agree with all of the cliches that we often hear about history. You've heard the cliche that uh, you don't know where you're going until you know where you've been. And I'm like, yep, yep, I believe that. I believe that. You've heard it said that life is lived moving forward, but only understood looking backwards. Yep, yep, Sankofa, I believe that. I believe that. And and then you've probably heard uh, the statement that those who ignore the past are often doomed to repeat it. I'm like, yep, that's in the Bible somewhere. I I don't know where, but I believe it. I believe that as well. I, I love history. And my point this morning is simply to say this. I believe history matters. History matters because I believe we are better equipped to live our present and our future when we are mindful of our past. So I want to take a trip this morning. I want to take a trip down memory lane. I want to take a trip way back in the day, way, way back in the day. I'm talking about 2003. I was a senior at the University of South Carolina. And so that was a good year for me. In the club by 50 Cent was one of the most popular songs of the year. Don't act like you don't know it. Shake Your Tail Feather by Nelly. Crazy in Love by Beyonce and Jay-Z. Anybody want to sing that for us? No, not this time? No, maybe next time. Those, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not, I haven't worked up that much grace yet in the, in the new year. The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King, was the most popular movie of that year. CSI, Crime Scene Investigation, was the most popular TV show that year, combining forensic science and police work. Um, Gas was, uh, uh, on average, about $1.59 a gallon. Come through, Jesus. And it was a year, 2003 was a year of innovation with major releases from Apple and Microsoft, as well as the founding of companies like Tesla and LinkedIn. And for all the late night workers, the arrival of the five hour energy into the convenience store. There was a a Super Bowl that year in San Diego, California. Uh, the, The Oakland Raiders were defeated by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in one of the highest scoring Super Bowls ever, 48 to 21, even though both teams were thought to be defensive teams. Uh, the national anthem was sung by the Dixie Chicks. Any Dixie Chicks fans in the room? Two or three people? <laughs> the halftime show was done by Shania Twain, no doubt, and staying. Y'all faking. You don't know who that is. <laughs> Okay, I believe you. Don't beat me up. All right. I'm guessing Shania Twain, no doubt, and Sting weren't super exciting uh, for a lot of people because uh, during the halftime show, uh, nearly 2,000 miles away from San Diego, here in the Twin Cities, a a young pastor by the name of Ephraim Smith uh, gathered a few dozen friends in the basement of a friend, and he cast a vision for the church that would become the Sanctuary Covenant Church. He, he, passed, he, he, he cast such a compelling vision uh, that the sanctuary has become what we know it to be today. Here, here's uh, what Ephraim said, some of what he said in trying to paint a picture of this church that God had placed on his heart. He said, I believe there is a need for an urban 
multi-ethnic, holistic Christian community dedicated to transform lives, discipleship, and community development. He said, there is a need in the city of Minneapolis for a new work that would take the risk of being a sneak preview of heaven. That phrase, being a sneak preview of heaven, it's a really bold idea. It's that kind of vision that from the very beginning made sanctuary a different kind of church. It set sanctuary apart from other churches. In those early years, Pastor Ephraim and those who called sanctuary home worked to legitimately change the face of the church. Whatever it was that, that you thought about the church, whatever the prevailing notions of the day were about church, whatever you thought church was supposed to be, they set out to challenge it. They wanted to change the face of the church. They, they came together because there was a vision for a new kind of faith community, a new kind of church might be surprised, though, that as new and fresh as this community was, it was actually built on values that were really old, as old as the church itself, as old as the faith itself. Inspired in many ways by the early church, especially the church at Antioch that we read about in Acts 11, sanctuary was shaped from the very beginning by a few values. Sanctuary was called to be urban, it was called to be holistic. It was called to be multi-ethnic and relevant. It was called to be Christ-centered. I want to take a few moments and walk through those values as we consider this new thing that was actually something very old. The sanctuary was called to be an urban church. It, it, there was a specific call from the very beginning to be rooted in and reflect the heart of the city. Because of his time spent in North Minneapolis and South Minneapolis as a young man, it was confirmed in Ephraim a deep and abiding love for this city and a firm commitment to plant a church in North Minneapolis and have this community be the church's home. And as the church was forming and as it was taking shape and as it grew quickly to more than a thousand people, I'm sure there were always temptations to move out to the suburbs. Let's, let's look at uh, St. Louis Park. Let's look at Plymouth and Golden Valley. We could get some great parking and, and a lot more space for our money. But there was a firm commitment from the very beginning. And it's an enduring commitment to be in the city, of the city, and for the city. When you think about the Sanctuary Covenant Church, you have to think about us as an urban church. But I also want us to know that Sanctuary was always supposed to be urban, and it was always called to be holistic. In thinking about the kind of church that sanctuary would be, Pastor Ephraim painted a picture of two kinds of churches. He felt like churches could be placed in one of two large buckets. First, there were churches that were hyper-focused on spiritual needs, the need for salvation, the, the, the things of eternal life, churches that ignored the daily needs of the people they were called to. And then there were churches that were hyper-focused on the community's physical needs, Issues like shelter and health care and education and never made mention of matters of salvation, intimacy with God and personal holiness. But from the very beginning, from day one, even before the community had a name, sanctuary sought to be a church that modeled the way of Jesus. A third way, because Jesus found ways to care about the spiritual and the felt needs of all people. 
there was not this, this strict dichotomy between earthly matters over here and heavenly matters over here. In teaching us how to pray, Jesus says, and he gives us this, bir- this beautiful image of a third way when he says, on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. Around sanctuary, the, the, the word that they used to, to, to paint that picture was holistic. And from the very beginning, there was always an intention to care about the whole person, both their spiritual needs and their felt needs, because as people were transformed, they believed that communities could be transformed. So sanctuary was always intended to be urban, always intended to be holistic, not an either-or kind of church. But sanctuary was also called to be multi-ethnic and relevant. It was this aspect of our urban identity that needed to be refined because it would further distinguish sanctuary from other churches. Sanctuary was not just called to be a multi-ethnic church, but a particular kind of multi-ethnic church. The church would be multi-ethnic while also being intentionally relevant to this North Minneapolis community that they were called to. In writing about the intentional work of empowerment here in North Minneapolis, Pastor Ephraim shared these words back in 2003. He said, it is obvious by many statistics that African-American males in the urban Twin Cities area face many challenges. The same can be said about African-American youth. These stats tell the story. African-American males go to prison at a rate of 27 to 1 when compared to their white counterparts. By percentage, African-American youth in Minnesota lead the nation in HIV, STDs, and teen pregnancy. He would go on to say these stats are the reason that even though the sanctuary will be a multi-ethnic church, there will be a priority around issues of the Christian, the Christ-centered and holistic empowerment of African-Americans. There will be no apologies for this. And though all people are welcome at the sanctuary, until the statistics change, to serve the least of these in Minnesota means a comprehensive and proactive strategy for ministry to the African-American community. I believe he said this can be done without ignoring the need of other communities of the city. The sanctuary will be a Christ-centered, multi-ethnic, holistic, and transforming church with the proactive agenda for the empowerment of the African-American community. This vision of a black-led, multi-ethnic church with an emphasis on the empowerment of the black community in North Minneapolis was and remains today a distinguishing factor in the life of our church. Sanctuary was called to be urban, called to be holistic, called to be multi-ethnic and relevant, but above all that, it was called to be Christ-centered. From the very beginning, there was a very clear sense that at the center of this entire endeavor was a system of biblical discipleship into the ways of Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Jesus at the center is more than a worship song that is sung from time to time here at Sanctuary. It is the foundational value of this church. Everything else that we do, everything else that we strive for flows out of our worship of Jesus. While many have concluded 
Many other churches, many other denominations have concluded that reconciliation and justice requires the the, um, abandonment of biblical truth. Sanctuary was birthed out of a belief that Jesus is our reconciling hope. And since day one, we have found ways to strive to be urban and holistic and relevant and multi-ethnic and Christ-centered. And to be truly sanctuary is to be those things, urban, holistic, multi-ethnic, relevant, and Christ-centered. And when I think about where we stand today, I believe we can appropriately borrow from the words of the Apostle Paul in his letter to the Philippians when he says we can, and this is paraphrasing, we can celebrate today not because we have already obtained all this, or have already arrived perfectly at our goal, but we joyfully press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of us. We, we haven't gotten there yet, but we're pressing forward. We're pressing on to take hold of that thing for which Christ Jesus took hold of us. The mission and vision of our church has not been met yet, but we are pressing on together. We're pressing on to take hold of it. That big vision of changing the face of the church, we're pressing on to take hold of it. That bold commitment to be relevant and multi-ethnic here in North Minneapolis, we are pressing on to take hold of it. That, That heartfelt desire to be the church differently, not by, by, by recreating the wheel, but by reclaiming the Jesus-centered faith, love, and hospitality of the early church. We are pressing on to take hold of it, friends. Here in 2020, as we continue to press forward together as a church, I, I want to use today's message to inform and influence all of our efforts this year. I, I want to use this message to shape everything that we do together as a church this year. And I want to do so by suggesting that if we are to be who God has called us to be, if we're truly going to be the Sanctuary Covenant Church, living out this bold vision that has been passed down to us, if we're going to be present and active in North Minneapolis, loving and serving this community well, if, if we are going to grow in faith together as brothers and sisters in Christ, if we are going to disciple our children and our youth well, if we are going to help young adults find ways to experience God, to help them to navigate their, their tricky 20s and their dirty 30s, if, if, If we are going to help our seniors, our over 50s, to remember that their latter days are more than just retirement, that their latter days matter to this generation and generations to come. If we are to walk with people who are joyfully living as singles while also supporting those who are at various stages of relationships, if we are truly going to extend love and care and support and biblical accountability to one another, if we're going to do all of that, and it is a lot, I got winded just saying it, if we're going to be who God has called us to be, friends, we will need the Holy Spirit. We will need the Holy Spirit. 
we will need the Holy Spirit. The Old Testament book of Zechariah tells a story of God's people who had been in captivity for 70 long years. They had seen their beloved homeland, Jerusalem, destroyed, and they had been carried away to Babylon to live in captivity. After living in captivity for 70 years, they were able to return to their home, and they began the difficult work of putting their lives back together again. After about 18 years of trying to put it all back together again, 18 years of rebuilding, a sad reality began to set in for some of them that perhaps, perhaps the beauty and the majesty of the temple, the splendor of the temple that had previously existed, perhaps it had been lost forever. And perhaps things would never be the way they were once. They were working as hard, Benny, as they could. They, they were being faithful. They, they were paying their tithes and they were showing up to rehearsal on Wednesdays. They were doing all that they knew how to do. But it was not having an impact. It seemed as if the former glory would never be regained. Their city and their identity as God's people seemed to be destroyed. It was there in the midst of that setting that God sends a prophet by the name of Zechariah. Zechariah, whose name is, his name means the Lord remembers, he came bearing a message that said, don't give up, press on. Now is the time to finish the work that God has set before you. Zechariah, whose name is that the Lord remembers, says, don't make the same mistakes that the previous generation made. Learn from the past and return to the Lord who loves you. Zechariah had eight visions of, 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 of rebuilding Jerusalem and of the coming of the Messiah. And the fourth of those visions, in the midst of the fourth vision, came a word that I believe would bless us today if we will let it. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6 says these words. So he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. Almighty. And in this year of 2020, I want us to, to, to remember together over and over again, and I want to remind us all throughout the year that if we are to be the sanctuary God has called us to be, it won't happen by might, it won't happen by power, but it will happen by the Spirit of the Lord. Not by power, not by might, by my Spirit, says the Lord that with this theme for what felt like months, saying, Lord, what do you want me to say to your people? What is it, Lord, that you want us to do together in this new year? What is it that you would have us to strive to do and be together in this new year? And I started seeing all these themes pop up from friends, churches, and churches on, 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 on the internet and stuff. And some of this stuff was so cheesy, man. Y'all got to pray for pastors. We go through so much trying to help this stuff be relevant to you guys. I saw a pastor who had a lens crafter uh, uh, a prop all over the stage because 2020 was the year of perfect vision. He had old eyeglasses scattered all over the stage. He's trying to help his people see that 2020 was the year of perfect vision. Pray for us. 
Y'all don't know the work that we do on your behalf. I didn't want to go down that route. I said, Lord, I'm not praying for perfect vision. I'm praying that you would lead us by your spirit. I, I don't need God to give me perfect vision. I just need God to lead me by his spirit. If, we, if we're led by the spirit, we'll catch the vision. And, and what, what, what does it matter that we have perfect vision if we have no power to actually accomplish what God is telling us to do? Sanctuary, hear me when I say this. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. And so our theme this year is one word, one word that we'll come, to, come back to over and over again this year. It is breath. 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 That's, that's our theme for this year. It's inspired by the words that we see in the scriptures that, that paint a picture of who the Holy Spirit is. In the Old Testament, it's the word ruach. In the New Testament, it's the word pneuma. But together, it, it points to the, the Spirit of God, the Spirit, the wind, and the breath. The Holy Spirit, brothers and sisters, is the Spirit of God. It is the wind of God. He is the wind of God. He is the very breath of God. And as we seek to, to lean into what it is to be the Sanctuary Covenant Church, we're going to need the Holy Spirit. We're going to need the breath of God. Because on our own, we hit our limits really quickly. On our own, we find ourselves walking around wheezing with our inhaler winded, tired, frustrated with one another because we're not hitting the mark, frustrated because we're not hitting the mark on our job, frustrated because we're not hitting the mark in our relationships, frustrated because we're not hitting the mark in our faith. It's only the 12th day of the year, and I've already missed four days on my Bible reading plan. Lord, help me. Friends, when we choose to grind it out in our own strength, when we decide that if it is to be, it's up to me, we, we might actually get a few wins. We might be able to control a few details of our lives. But hear me, my brother. Hear me, my sister. There is a far greater power that is available to us that empowers us to truly live as the children of God. It is the Holy Spirit. It's a power that lets us run and not grow weary. It's a power that lets us walk and not grow faint. It's a power that gives us wisdom beyond our own understanding. It's a power that communicates when our words fall short. It's a power that takes the little that we have and always turns it into more than we ever needed. And it's a power that we cannot muster on our own. I don't care how good your hustle is. I don't care how deep your grind is. This one you can't do for yourself. This power comes from God the Father. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the breath of God. Came across a story from a pastor in Mississippi who was flying from Mississippi to New York for an event. And the captain came on the intercom and said, Friends, settle into your seats. We're doing about 500 miles per hour right now. I just set it on cruise control. But we have a tailwind of about 200 knots. So we're actually doing closer to 700 miles per hour. I'm going to get you to your location sooner than expected. 
And he said, if I know my peers, there's an airplane going in the opposite direction. And that captain probably told his folks the same thing. We're doing about 500 miles per hour right now. But you see, they're going into a headwind. And so instead of going 500 miles per hour, they're doing closer to 300 miles per hour. And it's going to take them a little longer to get to where they're going. Brothers and sisters, what I'm saying to us today is let's not fight the Spirit. Let's not fight the Spirit. If we will trust the Holy Spirit, He will lift us to higher heights. He will get us to where we're going sooner. He will help us to do what we're trying to do far easier than we could ever do it. But we've got to stop fighting the Spirit. Stop thinking we're smarter than the Spirit. Stop thinking we can buy our way out of everything. We've got to learn to trust the Spirit. Because if we trust the Spirit, the Spirit of God will lift us to higher heights. The Spirit of God will help us in this year to be sanctuary in ways that we never thought possible. So in two weeks, we're kicking off our first series. We're going to talk about who is the Holy Spirit. Not what is the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? Throughout the course of the year, we're going to wrestle with how the Holy Spirit has been active in the world and in creation from the very beginning. We're going to talk about the ways in which the Holy Spirit guides the church today. We're going to talk about what it means to be led by the Spirit. We're going to talk about the Bible. Where, where does this book come from? And what was the work of the Spirit in giving us God's Word? We're going to talk about the ways in which the Spirit shows up in our day-to-day -day lives. Yes, we'll talk about the gifts of the Spirit, but we're going to talk about what it means to have the Holy Spirit in corporate America. What does it mean for you to have the Holy Spirit in Minneapolis public schools? When you're driving that city bus, when you're walking in the Cove and the line is crazy, all you want is a two-piece so you can get back to work. Amen, somebody. What does it mean to be led by the Spirit long after the benediction has been read? I don't want us to simply talk about the Holy Spirit as an academic exercise. I want us to experience the Holy Spirit. I want us to experience the wind of God. I want us to experience the breath of God. I want us to experience the Spirit of God. As we worship together, let's do it this year in the power of the Holy Spirit. As we care for one another, let's do it this year in the power of the Holy Spirit. And as we live out our faith day to day in the neighborhood, in the suburbs, in the cul-de-sac, in the grocery store, with those people that you love and those people that you love a little less, Let's do it by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because when we find ourselves living by the power of the Holy Spirit, wherever we are, whatever we're doing, God will breathe his breath on us. Where the breath of God is, there is life. There is rejuvenation. There is power. There is peace. This year I'm calling us to live by the breath of God. Not just for our sakes, for the world around us. Lord Jesus, thank you. You have given us your spirit. So this year we're not asking you for the spirit. We're asking you to be led by the spirit. We're asking you to awaken our awareness of the spirit. Help us to know, Lord, who we are and how we are empowered by the living spirit the Holy Spirit, 
that you've placed inside of us. Help us to know, Lord, what is able to be accomplished as we listen to the Spirit and are led by the Spirit. God, I pray that we will encounter and deal with all those fears, those, those misunderstandings, those, those images that we have of the Spirit as only being about speaking in tongues. Spirit does so much more for us. And I pray this year that we will encounter it all, that we will experience it all. But God, I know that we are stepping into new ter territory. And so we pray for your power and protection. We pray that you would raise up leaders in our church who are, would lead us in this way, who would serve us in this way, who will guide us in this way. We pray that you would bring forth teachers who would help us to understand the work and power of the Holy Spirit. We pray, Lord God, that as we do your work on this corner of Broadway and Aldridge, that we might usher in a spirit of revival in North Minneapolis this year. Lord, we need you. We need you, Lord. We've tried to do it on our own. We're, we're yielding ourselves to you now, Lord, to be our, our guide this year. Be our hope again this year. Lead us to where you'd have us to be. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus. For his sake, we say amen.